The Avengers. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Earth's mightiest heroes type thing. Avengers, time to work for a living. That's my secret. I'm always angry. I am on the side of life. You get hurt, hurt him back. You get killed, walk it off. I'm here to talk to you about the Avenger Initiative. I'm your host, Andrew, and I'm here to talk to you about the Avengers. Welcome to episode 27 of Some Assembly Required, your weekly adventure into the annals of Earth's mightiest heroes, the Avengers. This week, we're going to be taking a look at Avengers number 25, Enter Doctor Doom. This issue is written by Stan Lee, pencils by Don Heck, inks by Dick Ayers, and letters by Sam Rosen, and it comes to us in February of 1966. So we made it 25 issues, everybody. Well, 25 issues of Avengers. Obviously, we are on episode number 27, so we have had a couple of other tie-ins, and we've got some more coming up about two months or so, actually. A little ways to go. My point is, we have made it 25 issues of Avengers so far. It's pretty good. Only about 475 to go, not including West Coast Avengers, New Avengers, several other volumes of New Avengers, several other volumes of Avengers. But stick with me. Stick with me. We'll get somewhere. So, taking a look at the cover this week. It's a nice cover. Colors are pretty good. Doom looks fantastic, although we don't get to see Doom's face. The Avengers look a little wonky, though. They're doing some weird surprise body motions. It really looks like some kind of oddball dancing from the 1960s, which, you know, this is the 60s, so maybe it is. Having a dance-off with Doctor Doom, that could be fun, right? I mean, we saw it in Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Star-Lord tried to have a dance-off with Ronan. Why can't the Avengers have a dance-off with Doctor Doom? I don't see the problem with that. My other thought on this one, though, is that especially Hawkeye on this cover, but the Avengers in general, they look a little bit rushed. The detail that we've come to expect isn't quite there. Hawkeye's missing pupils. It's just a very sketched out version of the character as opposed to a full fleshed out version, especially when you compare it to like Doctor Doom over here on the other side of the cover who just looks spectacular. The armor looks so cool. That was just really well done there, I gotta say. I do enjoy the colors on this cover, though, too. It's a very appealing, very eye-catching cover. It's also fitting, being that this is issue number 25, this is Doctor Doom's first appearance in the Avengers. Now, way, way down the road, there'll be an Avengers 1.5 issue that's released sometime, I think it's the late 90s, where the Avengers will actually fight Doctor Doom, but technically this is Doom's first appearance in our book, which is good, because it's a milestone book, 25 issues. Let's mix things up a little bit, let's have a little bit of fun, and Doctor Doom is a great choice. We start off with our customary splash page, which picks up effectively from the end of the last issue. We see Doom looking in on one of the last panels from issue number 24, once the Avengers have been returned to the 20th century by Kang. One thing we discover right away here is Doom is one of the biggest voyeurs in the Marvel Universe. He'll say in a a page or two here that he can spy on anyone at any time. Because that's not creepy at all. The dude behind a mask with a hood sitting off in some European country watching you on a big television screen. I'm creeping myself out on that one. I do really like the art on this page, though. Especially the, I'll call it duplicated panel, but the incorporated panel from the end of the last issue. It's just very fine lines, really clean. Not typically what we have seen. I think it's a little bit finer and a little bit more delicate lines than we've seen previously. But it's really nice. Doom's plan here, and he, again, pulls a very Richard III. Again, one of my favorite Shakespeare plays, so I will reference back to it a number of times. I don't know, I've already made this reference at least one other time with a different villain. But Doom explains his plan up front to us. 
And he says, hey, I need to defeat the Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four have been kicking my butt. They're pretty tough. I'm going to intimidate the Fantastic Four by defeating another group of superheroes. And that will strike fear into the heart of the Fantastic Four. With that fear in conjunction with my own abilities and my own intelligence, I will be able to defeat them. Because there's only one person in the universe who is my equal, and that's Reed Richards. And I have to destroy Reed. And there's only one person in the universe who is superior to me, and that is Kang the Conqueror. But Kang's from the year 4000, so Kang gets a bit of a pass there. We do get a nice little flashback of a flashback, if you will, to when Kang and Doctor Doom met when Kang was in his Rama Tut guys. And once again, Doom ponders the idea that he and Kang are the same person from different points in the timeline. I have to reiterate how really dumb that is. It doesn't make any sense. If one of them was the other one from a previous point in time, so if Doom is a previous version of Kang, or Kang is a previous version of Doom, one of them would remember this. Now, what we find out much later in the future is that Kang is actually a descendant of not Doctor Doom, but Reed Richards. Descendant of an alternate timeline version of Reed's father, if I remember correctly. So not only is he not Doctor Doom, he's not even related to Doom. But Doctor Doom has decided that he is going to destroy the Avengers in order to strike fear into the hearts of the Fantastic Four. Now that the Avengers have returned to the 20th century, we get a little bit of, I don't know how to call it wrapping up from last issue, but they're taking care of really business. You remember back in the first few issues when we had the weekly Avengers meetings? Well, at this point, the Avengers are pretty much living together, so they don't need to have these weekly meetings. But they do have meetings to take care of business kind of stuff, and this is one of them. We see Scarlet Witch once again pining over Captain America. At this point, it's starting to become a little more obvious to the rest of the team. Hawkeye talks about wanting to become the team leader because... Chicks always go for those guys. So Hawkeye's a little stressed out, a little frustrated with things. Hawkeye is very interested in Wanda. So he decides, I'm basically, I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to take off for a little bit. He and Captain America get into a brief argument, but unlike the last several issues when the Avengers have gotten into arguments, we'll see through this issue, the Avengers are making conscious decisions not to lose control. They are very much trying to make the team work. In this case, here we see Captain America, after he kind of yells at Hawkeye a little bit, says, No! I've got to curb my temper. There's nothing to be gained by this. Although Captain America doesn't really want Hawkeye to leave, he goes ahead and lets him go. He realizes, you know, he needs to blow off a little steam, something's up. But he tells him, you know, make sure you're back by morning roll call. It's kind of interesting because Scarlet Witch kind of takes Steve's side and kind of comforts him a little bit and you know, basically asks, why are you taking this stuff from Hawkeye? And Cap reiterates, I have been given this sacred trust to keep the Avengers together by the original Avengers, by Iron Man, by Thor, by Giant Man. And until they come back and basically relieve me of my mantle, I'm going to keep this team together. I don't care what it takes personally. And that's very much a soldierly thing to do. If you have a watch post, you maintain that watch station until properly relieved. So here is Captain America maintaining his post until he is properly relieved. Now there's a really cool panel here on this next page that is looking through the fireplace at Captain America as he's kind of figuring out what's going on. Cap is still dealing with this, what's my purpose? Right now his purpose is keep the Avengers together, but that's what Captain America is here to do. What is Steve Rogers' purpose? Captain America is the figure, the mantle, the historical person. But underneath it all is still Steve Rogers. And it's not quite as bad as it was before because he has the new Avengers to train and he's fighting to keep the team together. But he was struggling really hard before with what's my place in the universe. We get, again, a little bit of a glimpse that that struggle's not gone. 
while Steve is struggling with this, several days go by and we address a little bit of a struggle from two of our other Avengers, and that is Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, because they receive a letter saying that they have a living relative in Latveria. Now, for those of you who are ever so slightly more comic savvy, you will note that Latveria is in fact the home of Doctor Doom. Aha, the plot thickens. Or really, the plot begins. The plot is doing something right here. Point is, those of us who are looking from the outside, this should be a warning flag to the Avengers. We also see when Wanda brings the news to Pietro because she's the one who actually gets the letter. Once again, Pietro is watching acrobats perform, uh, this time on the Ed Sullivan show. And it occurred to me that a couple of issues ago, Pietro had the chance to make his dream come true. They were offered a position with the Circus of Crime. Now, admittedly, it is the Circus of Crime, and there were other things involved that Pietro wouldn't have been okay with, obviously, the crime part. But Pietro had this opportunity to literally join a circus, and he passed on it. I'm not quite sure what to make of it. Obviously, there were more complicated things going on than just Pietro having the option to join the circus. But it's interesting that he almost instantly chose not to. Now, the other fun fact on this one is little do the Maximoffs know that they do, in fact, have a living relative. Now, they're not going to find that out for quite a while. And that is their former leader, Magneto, of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Now, neither Magneto nor Wanda and Pietro had any idea at the time. And that will be retconned periodically throughout Marvel continuity. I think currently they are not Magneto's children. But I suspect we're going to come back around to that at some point in the not-too-distant future. That just It's one of those things that happens. So as the Maximovs are overjoyed, they rush off to tell their fellow Avengers, starting with Hawkeye. And Hawkeye is practicing his archery, as he is often wont to do. Only when Wanda and Pietro come in, they distract him just enough that he misses the target and actually damages the equipment he's using. And initially, Hawkeye flies off the handle at Wanda and Pietro. The pair get kind of defensive and decide they're just going to go tell Captain America. Much like we saw Captain America a minute ago, Hawkeye starts mentally scolding himself. Ah, I did it again. The team members are making a conscious effort to be part of a team and to work together. And I like the fact that the book shows this isn't an easy thing. In my line of work, I work with the same people day in, day out, very closely. We get on each other's nerves. I have got into screaming matches with almost every one of my coworkers and both my bosses. It takes a lot of intentional decision and work to be able to work in such a close environment with people and not just completely go off on someone, knowing that you're going to have to work with them the next day or 10 minutes from now. It's a nice bit of realism inserted into the book that the team has to work on this as a conscious effort. Now, once again, Dr. Voyeur Doom has been watching everything that has transpired in New York, and now that his plan is in motion, Doom decides that he no longer needs to observe what's going on, Instead of turning off his equipment, he actually blows part of it up. I understand that Dr. Doom is a man of excesses, but that seems like a little bit much. I'm sure he put a lot of work into building that, and now he's just going to be pissed off later that he destroyed it. But as a result of his good mood, Dr. Doom decides to take a walk through town, because again, he is the leader of this small country, Latveria. Doom is obviously a dictator, but in many ways he's beloved by the people and in many ways he's hated by the people. This first interaction with the people of Latveria, we see Doom as the benevolent dictator, the one who's looking after his people, who is beloved by his people. Talk about how fortunate they are to have such a sovereign who is wise and compassionate. He's a crippled kid and he gives him a gold farthing. The kid talks about how he's going to cherish it. 
Even in this, though, we see there is one person who doesn't feel the same way about Doctor Doom. Doom kind of senses that these people are out there. But in Doom's mind, it doesn't matter. He'll deal with this later. Next thing we see is the Avengers arriving in Latveria by train. Again, this is the 1960s. It's Europe, Eastern Europe especially. Travel by train is a pretty common thing. Quite honestly, in Europe, travel by train is still very common. In certain instances, travel by train here in the United States is very common still. Especially if you live in the northeastern corridor between like Washington, D.C. and Boston. It's a very easy way to travel. But I like the fact that we see this kind of thing. It's very of the time and very fitting for the time and place. And again, that's one of the things I enjoy probably most about comics of this era is you just get these little reminders of, hey, these are still American superhero comics, but things have changed since then. And, and this is just a nice reminder of what things were like at that time. However, once the Avengers arrive in Latveria, they are immediately taken into custody. Of course, this doesn't last very long because the Avengers finally realize that Latveria is ruled by Doctor Doom. Once Captain America realizes this, the Avengers decide it's time to get out of Dodge, and they break themselves out of jail with almost no effort thanks to Scarlet Witch's hex powers being able to break the lock open. And they immediately depart, although it's funny because they're arrested in civilian clothing and put in jail in civilian clothing, and when they break out of the jail, they're in their costumes. I don't know if they were wearing them under their clothes or whatnot. Again, this is the 1960s, so you travel in very nice clothing. The men are all wearing suits and overcoats. Hiding their costumes underneath wouldn't be that big a deal, but it's just always amuses me that they're in civilian clothing one panel, and then the next panel they're in costume. As we see, though, going through the book here, this is actually all part of Doom's plan, which is fantastic because it's one of the great things about Doctor Doom. There are always so many layers to his plots and his schemes. It wasn't enough for him to just arrest the Avengers and then kill them or something. He arrests them, expects them to break out. He then seals all of Latveria in basically a giant dome bubble made out of some kind of indestructible plastic. This is slowly going to turn the townspeople and the, the people of Latveria against the Avengers. They're now cut off from the rest of the world because Doom doesn't want them to escape. I kind of wonder if Doom let at least some of the townspeople in on things or not. After the Avengers get out, we see that there are two guards... One of them tells him, hey, go sound the alarm, the prisoners escaped. And the other one's like, ah, it's fine. They're not going to escape Dr. Doom. So I kind of wonder, is the guard in on it? Is the guard not? Or does he just have that much confidence in Dr. Doom's abilities that it doesn't matter to him? The Avengers are never going to escape because it's Dr. Doom. The Avengers now find themselves in kind of an interesting situation where they've got to figure out how to get out because they make it a, an attempt to physically break through the dome. Hawkeye uses his blast arrows. Scarlet Witch uses her hex powers at, at their max. They're not getting through. So now they've got to figure out how to get out. Of course, their first inkling is, well, a really stupid one, and they run right through the middle of town. If you're wanted fugitives in a small town, and from what it looks like, Latveria only has one city, are you gonna like run through the middle of a city when you, you know you're a wanted criminal here? It's not like they're very well disguised either. They're in their costumes, bright colors, doesn't look a thing like normal clothing. Like, it's very obvious they are who they are. So the townspeople come after them because that makes sense. They see wanted fugitives, the Sovereign wants them, and the people in Latveria are all about doing what the Sovereign wants. So they're going after them. Quicksilver manages to keep the townspeople busy while the rest of the Avengers make their escape. And eventually Quicksilver catches up with them right in front of Doctor Doom's castle. At which time the Avengers make their way into Doom's castle, try and confront him. They need to get out of here. 
it looks like the only way to do this is through Doctor Doom. Get to the controls of his big dome that he just put over the country and try and get out that way. So the Avengers make a pretty good attempt at fighting Doctor Doom. But let's face it, Doctor Doom is one of the most capable villains in the Marvel Universe. The Avengers all attack Doom in various ways, and Doom is basically able to stop the Avengers with minimal effort. And when I say minimal effort, I mean kind of pushing buttons or pulling on his cape or things like that. Doom is ultimately capable, and he has this really great technology at his disposal. Doom is really unaffected by the Avengers, with one exception in that he takes out Hawkeye to start with. Hawkeye's the first one to go down, but Hawkeye manages to get back up, and he shoots an arrow at Doom that Hawkeye had originally designed for use against Iron Man. Remember, Hawkeye was originally an Iron Man villain. You know, Iron Man wears armor, Doom wears armor, so it's a pretty good call on Hawkeye's part. And this arrow is particularly effective because it starts melting Doom's armor. Because of this, and because it would make him vulnerable, Doom runs off to swap out with better armor, basically. He's going to get rid of the damaged stuff and then put on something that's impervious to Hawkeye's arrow. So we see the Avengers kind of withdrawing, and Doom talks to himself for a minute and says, you know, I underestimated the Avengers. They're stronger, they're smarter than I suspected, but I'm, I've still got them. I'm still going to get them. At this point, I'm sitting here going, you say you underestimated them, but you're still underestimating them. At this point, they have faced off against several fairly potent enemies, especially Kang, and they've made it out in one piece. Doom has seen this. It really reinforces a pattern that we've seen since the team had their lineup change, and that is that different villains have tried to take advantage of the team, losing what is perceived to be the team's heavy hitters. Thor, Giant Man, Iron Man, and that for the most part this is really a team of only kind of powerful people. Captain America at this point is generally considered not to have powers. As time goes on, the the super soldier serum will tend to be viewed more as a superpower because it gives Cap more stamina, more strength, ability to take a beating, basically, than a, a normal person. And Hawkeye's uncanny ability with a bow will be attributed to him having a different sense of things than other people. So it's not quite a mutation, but it, it's a small superpower. But in general, especially at this point, the Avengers really only have two people that have no kidding powers, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. So there's a number of fairly big villains that are coming after them because they think they can stomp the Avengers down because they're missing the, the really heavy, powerful people. And in every instance, the Avengers have managed to overcome these villains. Doctor Doom is just another one of his line. He thinks it's going to be an easy fight, and it's not. So while the Avengers take refuge in a cave nearby, Doom, for some reason, makes a quick run through town after changing his armor. And he runs into some of the same town folks that he saw before, particularly the mother of the young crippled boy. She says that they have found a cure for her son, but that the surgeon is leaving for America soon and that they need to hurry in order to get their son treatment before the doctor leaves. They beg Doom to open up the dome so that they can go to, pretty sure it's Zurich, but it's Z-U-R-O-C-H. Anyways, they want to take their son and get him healed. And they think Doom is going to be understanding of this, one, because they think of Doom as a very compassionate sovereign, but also Doom said when he gave the, the boy the coin, I know what it's like to be crippled. So, you know, that's the case, then obviously Doom would be compassionate and understand why they would want to get him this treatment. But instead, Doom just blows them off. It really changes the opinion of a number of the townspeople 
even though some of them acknowledge that what just happened was messed up, they're still in awe of Doom's power that they don't want to do anything about it. One of them says, say no more, good woman. If the master should hear you, it's very much the historical definition of, of the benevolent tyrant. He's beloved by his people, but at the same time is very much uninterested in his people's welfare and their, and their well-being. As time goes on, obviously, that comes out more and more. Now, for about a page here, we get a slight intrusion by the Fantastic Four. I'm not really a fan of that. I understand Doctor Doom is their big bad guy, their nemesis, but their introduction into the story doesn't really have anything useful to add. It's just, oh yeah, here's the Fantastic Four, they're going to go deal with Doctor Doom. Oh, nope, nope, they're not going to be allowed to do that. Congress is going to stop them. Well, okay then. Why did I waste a page reading this when they have absolutely no involvement in the story? It's not that I don't like the Fantastic Four, because I actually do like the Fantastic Four. They just don't really have a purpose at this point in time in this story. And it's wasting pages that could be used on more Avengers time. Back in the caves, the Avengers are trying to figure out what they're going to do. And this is a just great, great scene. It's like three panels long. The Avengers decide that it doesn't matter what, what's going on, what these people think about Doctor Doom. The reality is they're going to suffer because Doom wants to punish the Avengers. So because of that, the Avengers are going to go and they're going to face Doom again, even though it's, it's probably going to go badly for them. But they're going to go and they're going to be heroes. Whatever happens, they're doing it so that the people of Latveria are released from this plastic dome. Quicksilver actually even suggests, why don't we just turn ourselves over to Doom? If it helps the people, let's just surrender. The team does not decide to do that. They decide to go in fighting, but it's the Avengers being heroes. That's, that's what I love seeing here. I also really like that in this sequence, we have more of the interpersonal drama kind of banter. Hawkeye picks on Cap a little bit, and Cap starts shooting back, and Hawkeye says, no, I agree with you, though. I'm picking on you a little bit. This is like what friends do, or siblings. Yeah, there's going to be banter, there's going to be back and forth. There's going to be a little bit of harassment, a little bit of teasing. But at this point, the Avengers start to become the team and the family we think of them as. In the next sequence, we see them fighting as a team more. When they went up against Doom the first time here, they really did the old school, I attack, then you attack, then you attack, then you attack, just the one at a time. We'll see how that works. In this next sequence, the Avengers do that, but they also fight together. There's a great scene here where the Avengers have now engaged Doctor Doom in a fight. Doom starts to use all of his available defenses, including a ginormous harpoon gun, which is just spectacular. It's way over the top but it's totally super villain appropriate. But in the next panel, when Dr. Doom starts attacking them with it, we see Captain America blocking the harpoons with his shield while Hawkeye is taking cover and shooting back with his own arrows. So it's that kind of teamwork, that kind of play. You know, when Hawkeye and Captain America get trapped in some netting, Scarlet Witch comes to their aid by putting various hexes on the Avengers, preventing Doom from gaining the upper hand on them. It's a really fun fight because we get to see Dr. Doom using most of his Dr. Doom kind of stuff. He uses his technology. He actually gets in to try and get in a fist fight with Hawkeye. He tries to get in a fist fight with Quicksilver. It doesn't really work because Quicksilver is just too fast, but we get to see just a solid supervillain kind of fight. And it's a lot of fun. The end of this issue, though, is kind of lackluster. It, it, there really is no true resolution here. The Avengers fight with Dr. Doom for a little bit. They get Doom kind of stunned, and then they slow him down with a sneeze gas arrow. Sneeze smog arrow is what they call it. And while he's having this sneezing fit, they activate the control to lower the dome and run away. The Avengers are able to escape. 
Now, obviously, Doom's plot has been foiled because his plot was to defeat the Avengers in order to intimidate the Fantastic Four. So in that regard, there's resolution that Doom's plot has been foiled. But the reality is, Doom hasn't been really stopped. The Avengers were able to just make a strategic retreat. There's a lot that's still kind of out there for this particular match, we'll call it. Overall, what did I think of the issue? It's a fun issue. Bringing Doctor Doom in for a 25th issue milestone kind of, not extravaganza, but something a little bit different, a little bit of fun. It was good. You know, when I look back at the last 25 issues of Avengers and I think, is this really any kind of important or key issue? No, it's really not. It really doesn't have much bearing at all on anything else that's going on. It's a, it's a one and done, which is always fun. It's well done. The art is really good, but it's otherwise a fairly unimportant issue. It kind of just transitions us from the last couple of issues with Kang into the next few issues where we have the return of Wasp and, at this point he'll be going by Goliath, but Wasp and Giant Man. One thing this issue does do for us that I really appreciate is that we are getting to see the Avengers really working as a team more than we have before, especially with everything that's gone on in really the last four to five issues where we had the constant escalation of arguments and frustrations and harassment of one another until it peaked and then Captain America decided to leave the team and then the Avengers got pulled into the future with Kang and they kind of worked out a lot of those issues and realized how much they need one another as a team. And now we're kind of seeing the execution of that. I mean, I've talked at nauseum almost at how much I want the Avengers to work as a team because it's a team book and because they do their best work when they're working as a team. I mean, in this issue, we saw when the Avengers fought Doctor Doom, one person, then one person, then one person, then one person, they got their butts kicked. When they worked as a team, when Captain America was giving cover to Hawkeye so he could attack and then Scarlet Witch had their back, they overpowered Doom. They overcame all of his advantages. That's what I want to see. That's what the Avengers are here for. As a team, they are here to fight those battles that individual heroes can't take on. That's why they came together in the first place, because none of the single heroes could deal with the Hulk and with Loki at the time. And time after time, the more they work as a team, the better they do. Lastly, I just want to remind you guys that I will be hosting a panel at the Tidewater Comic Con in beautiful Virginia Beach, Virginia on May 13th and 14th. I don't have the panel time or date yet, but as soon as I get those, I will let you know. I will be talking about the brief history of the Infinity Gems. Obviously, with Marvel's Avengers Infinity War coming up very soon, it's a perfect opportunity for us to talk about these and for you guys to get caught up and know a little bit more than your friends do when it comes time for the movies. Remember, you can find us at AvengersAssembly.com, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and you can find this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. If you'd like to be a part of the conversation, send your questions and comments to Andrew at AvengersAssembly.com. Next week, we're going to be reading Avengers number 26, The Voice of the Wasp. All right, hey. All right, good job, guys. Let's just not come in tomorrow. Let's just take a day. You ever tried shawarma? There's a shawarma joint about two blocks from here. I don't know what it is, but I want to try it.